To stream or not to stream? That is the question, and my answer is no. This is an editorial as part of my Lights Out series. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. Let's get it started. Today is a World Theater Day. I'd like to say happy World Theater Day, but it's not happy because none of us are at the theater. We are sitting at home streaming because that seems to be the norm these days as we try to wait out this coronavirus pandemic and stop the spread. Right before I started this podcast, I got a notification from TodayTix, which is a ticketing site that helps you get discounted seats for comedy shows, Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows. Right before this podcast, they say, hey, celebrate at home, National, I mean, World Theater Day with the live piano bar sing-along at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. So they're even trying to find new ways to innovate, and we're going to be seeing that a lot. That's why the title of this podcast is called A New Era of Broadway, because everyone's turning on their phones, whether it's these concert sing-alongs or Rosie O'Donnell's show. It's a new opportunity for people to connect with the theater industry, even though they may not live in New York or Los Angeles. They may live in uh, Montana or Nebraska, Oklahoma, Atlanta. People are far away and we're all connecting and we're all seeing the same thing. Now, the industry always feared that this day would come. We thought it would be by choice, though, not by force. I'm fine streaming shows that already debuted like what Broadway HD does, but to demand that Broadway shows or regional shows stream new work, it's just not okay. I've one word for you, royalties. That's how people make money. If you stream for free, no royalties. If you stream for 20 bucks, they barely make a thing. And then, even after this is all over, you're not going to go to the theater to see it afterwards because you already saw it and you only paid 20 bucks, not what it actually costs. Now, I'm talking about new work only. I'm not talking about the high school production of Rent where, um, you know, Anne is going to perform for her senior show. I'm not talking about that. I, I... If you haven't seen Rent by now, I don't know where you've been, and you should stream it, and Anne will do a wonderful job as Mimi, but I'm just saying, like, it's about new work, because that's kind of what the future is, and yes, everyone's bummed, and everyone wants to be entertained, but at what cost? Not everyone has seen Six, which was just about to open seconds before they closed the theaters not seconds it was more like a few hours but six was about to open then they shut down broadway or the minutes that was about to open and there's so many other venues out there with new work and you shouldn't demand that that be streamed because the playwright is losing thousands of dollars each night you stream it if we stream now the shows are just not going to open and there's already shows that aren't opening anyway And if we stream, you may even contribute to a decline in those sales and a change in our industry in general. And the future of our industry is a little unclear right now. And it does depend on what we do or what we ask for and what we demand from theater companies, playwrights, actors, and and more. So in addition to this, I do want to say that theater is made for the theater And it looks like crap when you film it. I mean, we've all sat in a theater, right? And then maybe you saw a tape of that same show later or someone film it. And you're like, this looks so lame and I don't want to see it. And that's my fear 
I fear that that will happen. Even when you have a great team filming, it still doesn't look as good as you would like. So that's why they make movies out of this stuff, which still is expensive. So yeah, I'm sure that people will be put out of business um, absolutely by coronavirus. We all feel this way, and it's not just theater. It's so many industries. But you shouldn't screw over all the people that put their work into this just so you can be entertained for two hours. Whether you like it or not, money makes the world go round. And if you clap back saying Broadway is about community instead of money, then I'll clap back saying that who pays for it? The reason why everything you love exists when it comes to the songs, the album, the ticket shows, that's because someone paid for it. Even nonprofits, someone held an event or a gala and, and people donated money. Money is what makes what you love exist. And so to ask the people, to ask those who create what you love to give it to you for free is, is too much to ask. And I hope the answer will always be no because art costs money and it's not just free. You want something that's free? Hug your cat. <laughs> that is free. Actually, you know what? Even that might not be free because some of those cats don't hug you back. So I have so much more about this. We're going to get into all of this. I want to start with some headlines right now because we got a big bomb this week and it's about the Tony Awards. Broadway's Biggest Night now postponed. Their statement to the Making a Musical podcast says it will be postponed and rescheduled at a later date in coordination with our broadcast partner. The health and safety of the Broadway community, artists, and fans is of the utmost importance to us. We will announce new dates and additional information once Broadway opens again, end quote. Another Broadway show already canceling its run before even opening. The play Hangman is out. So who knows when Broadway will open up again. And honestly, from the whispers that I heard, this might not be the first show to close due to coronavirus before it even opened. Because some of these were in previews. So we'll see what happens. And I think you might see a few more plays do that. I think there's a chance of maybe even lesser known musicals um, that may, may might not be a big player in the Tonys be cut or um, canceled altogether just because we don't know when the Tonys are and there's going to be more shows and more shows and more shows. So I'm interested to see how award season is going to go when it's so close to this cutoff. So we'll see the Broadway League confirming that it's considering extending the shutdown beyond April 13th. Now that's because the CDC is urging no gatherings of more than 50 people until May So here's the thing. Broadway might not be back for a while. Actors are already fleeing town and I can guarantee you that some of them are not going to come back. I'm not saying like your big Broadway star isn't going to come back. I'm saying this is maybe someone who has been in the city for 15 years and left to be with family then realized that New York isn't that great and they'd rather be a nurse and marry their high school sweetheart than hang out in a city 
that is dirty and messy and that never supported their dreams. I'm just, I'm just joking with you. I shouldn't make jokes. But I, I, people are leaving town and they are re-examining their life. Whether you're leaving town or not or in Broadway or not, there is a lot of people waking up in the morning and having a nice self-reflection moment or meditation of who am I, what do I want? New York is so expensive anyway, so it's understandable that actors, voiceover artists, comedians, people are just out of here. Even theater bloggers and theater journalists, they're gone too. So who's left in the city besides, obviously, the essential personnel? You have me. You have Laura Haywood and a dude named Danny from Broadway World. I only know that because he reached out to me about something. So we are your ride or dies, whether you like it or not. Because here's the truth, guys. Many theater bloggers went dark moments after the lights went out. So uh, love isn't just about staying there and having fun and the good times. No, it's about the dark times. And right now we're in them. But that's not the new era of Broadway. The new era of Broadway is very different. I'm talking about what happens after they turn the lights back on. New York's not going to be the same. First off, Broadway shows already loaded out a bunch of rental gear. Did you guys see my Instagram video? I filmed that whole thing because they had all these trucks the day after they announced the Broadway shutdown. Trucks were just lined up across the street and set pieces. They were they were moving so much out probably because they didn't want to pay for the rentals. Maybe it was a weekly or monthly. Who knows? But right now, Set gone. I was going to say he gone, but that doesn't make sense because it's a set. Um, but th- th- those are gone for now because they were rented. So we need to load those back in. Let's say they open this all tomorrow. They say, yes, Broadway, you're good to go tomorrow. Okay, well, let me call the rental place and see when I can get my stuff back. So that'll be a, a little, maybe a few days or a few weeks. I'm not sure how long that takes. But they'll have to load in again. Then they'll need to rehearse again blocking sound light tech then in my opinion like I think that even if even if they announce the closure or that it'll open in April I don't think we're seeing Broadway shows until July because they're not going to announce in April I don't they're not and then if they announce in May they might say okay maybe let's go slower and you can have a hundred people at a time and then 150 then 200 like every week they'll add more gatherings. I mean, Broadway's 500 seats. That's not coming back for a while. And you can say that I'm being a pessimist. And then I will say, yes, I am. And that's the reality. Because like I said, people are leaving town. And I'm only in town because my day job is journalism. I write for a network, network news. So I'm stuck here. And I have to look at the empty streets and shut down restaurants and bars every day. And even today, when Hoda cried on the Today Show, I was like, that's me. That is me every other hour. And she just did it on live TV. But I can guarantee you, the way that she felt is the way that so many New Yorkers feel. So let's get into that. Theater aside, I think that the reality of New York is going to change when this is all over. Yes, DC is working on the relief bill, which seems like it's taking forever, but I'm not going to share my political opinions on that. But if this passes, even Governor Cuomo is saying that the that the bill is, quote, terrible for the state of New York, end quote. The bill, it's worth more than two trillion bucks, 
but it only gives $3.8 billion to New York, which is the epicenter of the outbreak in the U.S. right now. Governor Cuomo calling it a drop in the bucket, saying, quote, we're looking at a revenue shortfall of $9, 10 $15 dollars. I live near Times Square, and I just told you I take an Uber to my job, and everything's closed. And honestly, I'm whispering this because I'm doing this in my apartment, but I want to move. I can see why people are moving to outer boroughs because, I mean, it, there's nothing here right now. And I pay 1400 for a one-bedroom in a four-bedroom apartment in a city where nothing is happening. And it's a hard reality because I said this on my interview with Channel 2, uh, Channel 2 Denver earlier in the week, like people don't move to New York to stay at home. A lot of people don't even have windows in their room or sometimes they're home because we, we accept smaller places to live or crappy places to live just so we can live in New York. But when you have the reality of paying New York prices for the same thing someone could get at their home in West Virginia, but at least they have a yard, you think to yourself, oh, I hate this. So yeah, I'm going to say it right now. New York is a pit and there are assholes who walk right by you on the street. They don't practice social distancing, all right? They are smoking a cigarette and they don't care whether you breathe it in. They sneeze, they cough, they don't have masks, they don't have gloves. There are people, a lot of people, on these corners who don't care and who don't think they have it. And even if they did care and they did think they have it, they're still walking way too close. Maybe they're nice. I'm sure they're nice people. But New York isn't practicing it. So if you think it's going to stop here, it, <laughs> you're wrong. It, from what I'm seeing, nah. We have months until this stops. So hopefully we get a vaccine. But let's go back. But before I go back, I want to say that like most of America has cars and they have houses and, and hopefully yards. And they have places where, yes, quarantine is very, very simple. New York is a, it's very, very public and we rely on each other a lot. Unfortunately, people just don't take it serious. They are coming back from other states from vacation and going into work. They are going to the park and then posting about it, drinking with friends and then posting about it. Like people are taking public transportation to do public things in private settings. And that's still, that's not distancing. That is just you thinking that everything and everyone you come in contact with doesn't have it. And even if you did get it, you're invincible because you're young, which is also not true. So like turn on the news because I am sick of going on my Twitter account and my Instagram account and, and telling you that this is deadly and it's dangerous and doctors have to make the choice between a young, healthy person or an older person when it comes to who to give the ventilator to, and it's bullshit. So if you're in New York City and you're listening to this, like, stay the fuck home. Like, I'm so mad at all of you. So let's get, let's, let's take a step back. Take a step back and let's go back into what I was talking about. How New York City is a pit, <laughs> which, which is in my notes and is exactly what I wrote. Back to what I wrote when I was playing this podcast before I ranted about how I hate people. Um, the quality of life has been diminished into practically nothing. Now, I already said that we have to pay sky high prices for food and rent 
And hopefully that'll change. But things are closing and the government can't save anything, everything. It can save some stuff, but not everything. I'm all, I'm all mad from my rant. I can't, I can't read because I'm so, so, ugh. Now, the government can't save everything. And not a lot of people are staying around to watch. Maybe it's temporary. Who knows? And it sounds extreme, but I'm living it. And, you know, I can't just put on the Hello Dolly soundtrack and pretend like things are better because it's not going to get better. And it's going to be a while until it gets better. So pay attention to what you're about to see. We are entering a new era of Broadway. Production will start up again at the same time, whenever that happens, which I don't think it's happening for a few months. But new work will be produced after playwrights spent weeks and likely months looking inward. Everyone is at a period of self-reflection, and these ideas will be launched on stage. But this isn't like a voluntarily voluntary writer's retreat. We have been forced to face ourselves. We have been forced to look in the mirror every day and we're forced to live this life that is sometimes in my case especially very very lonely and it's not by choice and so when you have the creatives forced to be with themselves what happens next we're about to find out because for years the people in the arts have always said that they're not supported and that they're underfunded. And we've, we've felt that, absolutely. But now it's to a whole new level because who got the short end of the stick twice? Who got shot twice? First started when they shut down all the theaters and then the regionals, but that's not the twice. That's just lumped into one. That happened, and then a lot of people do rely on the service industry as their backup industry. So, okay, you're shot. You can't perform anymore. Okay, great. Well, at least I can still make money through my restaurant, my gig, or my bar gig. Oh, nope, you can't do that either. So now you just have this overwhelming feeling of helplessness because it's like, what am I supposed to do now? And I have to pay my rent now. I have to eat now. The traits and the skills that I have don't apply to anything that I can do right now. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then you turn on TV and you hope the news might have an answer for you. And then you see Congress and everyone in DC fighting and you're like, oh great, well I was already feeling helpless and I was already feeling shitty and now I feel even more shitty and I have to sit in my room and feel shitty for day in and day out and um, all you can do is watch that tiger show on Netflix or whatever that everyone's talking about I haven't seen it I don't know but I mean get ready to I want to see what happens next because (laughs) I think that this sense of helplessness is certainly going to light a fire under our feet So when Broadway does open up, I think you're going to have the artists and and maybe other people in this New York, other industries as well, just going after Congress, D.C., and not not just Congress, it's like all of D.C., I'm going to put all that together. Um, You're going to have people demanding more for their work and for what they want and what they deserve because 
I mean, we were already treated pretty bad, but like, my opinion, absolutely. Way to completely screw over everybody in the entertainment industry. Like, and, and you know, I get, I get it. There's not an answer and no one expected coronavirus. Um, I get that. But why do we always have to screw over the artists and also like giving 25 million to the Kennedy Center? I mean, could could you give it to someone? Can you give that to people in New York or artists struggling in New York or people who now don't have jobs in New York? Like, could you give it to Actors Equity? Could you give that to someone else? Like, I'm I don't think the Kennedy Center the Kennedy Center needs that money. So can you, can you give it to people who actually create something for a change? Because right now you're not. But whatever. Doesn't matter. Because now we're all turning on each other. So now the Dramatist Guild is getting in fights with theater companies. Uh, rightfully so. <laughs> so here's this quote, and I'll let you make up your mind on that. Here it is from the Dramatist Guild to my inbox. Quote, It has come to the attention of the Dramatist Guild that producing theaters around the country are asking and in some cases demanding writers to return options and advances for upcoming productions of their work that have been canceled as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. It needs to be made clear that options and advances paid to dramatists are not returnable. So now those relationships are killed, in my opinion, because... Maybe these theater companies like working with the playwright, and maybe that playwright um, has been working with them for years, and now you have a little bump in the road, and no one has money. The theater company's like, oh my gosh, give that back, please, or we're going to go out of business, and the playwright is like, I'm not giving this back, otherwise I'm not going to eat, and, and, and maybe the person who owns a theater company won't eat either, so it's a matter of like toilet paper at the grocery store but in real life stuff it's like two people fighting for their their livelihood and or their their longevity of their business and it just sucks and so theater companies are just trying to make their money back now by live streaming which I do not approve I said it in my monologue like live streaming are you kidding me way to completely just just take all the money from everyone and, and say, never mind, never mind. World, investors, playwrights, directors, producers, no more money. You now work for free to entertain everybody. Like I said, the, the Broadway, the things you love were paid for by someone else's money. And so then to ask that person to give it to you for free... They're already giving you stuff. They're giving you living room concerts. They're doing these live piano karaoke things. Take that. Take that and say thank you. (laughs) And don't rob. What is it? Don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's it. Here's another quote from the Dramatist Guild. Quote, Theater companies that wish to live stream their productions need to find an accommodation with the various theatrical unions involved to adhere to all CDC protocols and local guidelines for the safety with their companies. With regard to our members, authors have the right to approve live streaming and or recording their shows. 
the Guild encourages you exercise those approvals only after due consideration of such safety concerns as well as other factors like, um, what does this say? Uh, other factors. We'll learn it there. Okay. So it's nice that they lead with health. I didn't lead with health. I led with money. But I always lead with money. You guys know this. I did a live stream. Well, not live stream. But I did a table read recording of my play, The Christmas Fart. That's only because, I mean, it's been out there since 2015, the 10-minute play, and it's totally going to change, and I'm not too concerned about it. I'm not losing any money putting out a podcast episode of the Christmas fart that, like, what, 40 people listened to that? So I'm not losing money from 40 people by putting out a table read of a play that's going to change that I'm probably going to produce off-Broadway this December. Announcement coming, but that's that's the announcement. Close enough. That's I'm probably gonna if I get a theater, Christmas farts going off Broadway um this December. But if not, that's fine. I'll do it later. So people want to live stream, and 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 I get it. Um, but if you live stream all these shows, you're never gonna see it, and then theater's gonna be dead. <laughs> no, I'm just being dramatic. Um, but I mean, there's a reason why they've never live streamed. Wicked or Lion King. Did they, do, did they do Phantom? I feel like they did the movie. There's a movie version of Phantom. But there's a reason, or Hamilton, there's a reason why all these big Broadway shows are not live streamed. And that's because they gross millions. Or I think Hamilton's two million, but like every week they gross a million dollars. And if they were to do one live stream and charge everyone between 20 or 80 bucks, that's like. One and done. Is it worth it? Because your show's probably going to close because everyone saw it online. And it probably didn't look that cool because they weren't in the theater. And it was a footage of a theater. That's why movies like Rent and In the Heights are better. Which, by the way, In the Heights is now delayed. Which um, is a bummer for everybody. So I want to talk about payment to actors because now that is changing. So... The Equity and Broadway League have reached a touring agreement during the shutdown. Here's that summary. It reads, quote, Here's a summary of the financial terms for tours with continuous bookings through and after September 20th, 2020. You and your fellow actors and stage managers will receive your contractual salary subject to a 150% cap of the minimum salary for your canceled performances when the suspensions began. You'll then receive the minimum salary for your category on the collective bargaining agreement for the weeks ending March 22nd and March 29th. These payments will include pension and 401k contributions. Health payments will continue through April 12th. We have also secured a commitment to discuss additional health contributions um, for the week of April 6th. Okay. Not sure if I'm reading this right. So please do your research and read this entire thing because I did not get that far and this podcast is already too long of me ranting. Um, I... I want to know more about that health payment continuing through April 12th. I don't know much about the Actors' Equity contract in union. I don't know much about that. So I actually really think you should uh, look into that yourself 
because I, I don't have time to do that because I have to go write the news now. Um, but that is bad. If, I mean, if actors lose their health insurance, like, that's been, that's now three shots. So, I'm not going to go to my rant again. I'm not going to go. It, it all, it all sucks. And, and you're lucky you're not living in New York right now. And if you want to move here, have some money on and, and maybe, maybe buy a block because they're all going to be worth a cent by the end of this thing because there's no one in this town. Um, I'm being overly dramatic. I'm not being that dramatic. Um, certainly Google this whole health thing because I'm, I'm curious. I don't know how equity works. You probably do. So look at that. Um, I want to say one last thing before I end this and, and go do the news. Um... Four-time Tony Award-winning playwright Terrence McNally passed away this week. He died of complications from coronavirus. He wrote the book for the musical Ragtime and Love, the Lore, Compassion. Recent material also included the book for Anastasia and Catch Me If You Can. So a very prominent playwright has passed away. And one more thing, just back to what happened on the Today Show with Hoda it's just a feeling of when you hear bad news or good news or you see something. I think so many of us are very good at, at holding it in and then just it, it hits you at random times and you we all, I certainly am crying at random times and even today twice I had to like stand up, go to the restroom and not cry. Um, so I think that it's okay to feel helpless and yeah, the arts in general are, are just being screwed so much. Uh, we've always been screwed. <laughs> That's what some people would say. So we're good at being screwed. Um, I really hope that this puts fire under our feet. And once this shutdown is over... This new era of Broadway that we enter is going to have work that might even be the new golden age of Broadway because we're all looking in, in at ourselves and we're all crafting and perfecting our skills and, and who we are and what we want and what we don't want. We're thinking about that. So what you're going to see on the stage is going to be different. I, I swear it's going to be different. And what you see um, behind the scenes is going to be different. And then how people fight for their rights and their art and their work and their worth, TH, that's going to be different as it should be. So I'm hoping that this can turn into something new and needed for our industry right now it sucks and we're not gonna forget this i certainly won't thank you for listening to the making the musical podcast go to my instagram and buy a shirt that says social distancing you can wear it at home you can wear it in public if anyone reads if anyone can read the letters on that shirt they are too close it's not my line. That's what someone uh, in Denver tweeted at me when he saw my shirt. But it's true. 20 bucks. All money goes straight to the Actors Fund. If you know someone who is hungry, 
let me know. If they're in New York City, I will help them out. Um, I am in this with you. Like I said, it's me, it's Laura Haywood, and a dude named Daniel from Broadway World. We're all you have, guys. <laughs> we're all you have. We're, we're reporting things how they are, not like sitting in our in our parents' basement from who the hell knows where, reporting on the live couch shows because we left New York because it got scary. New York's scary, you know? Deal with it. Put on your mask, your gloves, your layers, your sanitizer, your uh, Clorox bleach, and walk out the door. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. I'll see you next time, and I'll be happier. Bye.